Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 121 of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by my good mate, Matt Sapala. Now, last year, towards the end of last year, I sat down with Matt and we recorded a little episode on the process of creating a podcast. Now, since then, Matt's gone on to create, I think, 26 or 27 episodes and he is dominating with some awesome guests and the improvement that I've seen in every area of his life since doing it's been amazing. Now, Matt and myself, uh, I first met him when I used to teach teaching as a 17 and 18 year old cedar and from then in such a short period of time as a 21 year old he has done so much and he's doing such great work that I just wanted to share his backstory all right and from a 12 year old that weighed over 100 kilos to dominating life now and particularly with his podcast euphoria talking about using a plant-based diet now I personally don't have a plant-based diet but I love hearing about the benefits it had and not only that how it's impacted Matt's life his energy and just general output in everything he's doing so there's so many different takeaways, but what I am super impressed about is for a 21-year-old to be doing the work that Matt is doing is next level. So guys, sit back. This is a great chat with Matt Sapala. guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited. I've got Matt Sapala here for his second time round, second time veteran on the podcast. How are you, buddy? Good, mate. How are you? Good. Now, last time we caught up, um, it was all about setting up a podcast. And I want to talk about more today your backstory, um, your upbringing, um, and obviously now you're writing a plant-based and everything like that. But with the podcast, mate, let's get on to that first. Since talking to you about launching a podcast, because I know we had... A lot of discussions about um, do I have enough credibility to do it? Um, can anybody to start a podcast? Who am I going to get on there? Do you want to talk about the process and what you've learned so far from, I think you're up to about 23 or 4 episodes now? Yeah, mate. Do you want to explain that to everyone? Yeah, so uh, I remember one night I was chatting to you, mate, and I had this idea I wanted to write a book. And, and you're like, awesome idea, mate, but if you want to reach a lot more people then you've got to have a following before you and he said and you told me podcasts are the way to go so basically from there I just wanted to set it up man and then we, we caught up and and went through all the processes and procedures man did it yeah cool and, and don't get me wrong I think writing a book's a great idea and I'll, I've been trying to write one myself but at the end of the day it might be a great book, but if no one's really there to listen to it or read it, unless your parents and your friends, you know, and so what have you learned from doing the podcast? Obviously getting some great guests on and things like that. What have you learned about yourself? I know you're speaking. I'm not saying you were a bad speaker, but it's really improved. Yeah, definitely. I guess having that um, opportunity to be in control of the conversation, know where it's going to lead is obviously impact my communicational skills as well um i've had the opportunity to meet awesome people that i never thought i'd i'd have the opportunity to so i'm trying to in the process of organized guests so i just flick my message and then bang like they're on the podcast and people are like how'd you do that i'm like super easy man just message <laughs> on instagram that's yeah. it um, i think i've learned i've learned a lot about myself as well like i really really can relate a lot of things that people say back to my life and how I've come from where I am and I know we'll dive into that a little bit later on but yeah and really connect to to what I've done yeah cool and I think uh it's also pretty proud isn't it that um a lot of time people think that you need to have a uh, 
a degree or you need to have some form of credibility beside you before you can start diving into something but you don't do definitely and we were chatting that night because i was talking about going back to uni and and writing a book and my head was going everywhere trying to find a different avenue he's like you don't need a degree to do a podcast you don't need to write a book yet so just (laughs) now the podcast and then take it step by step and honestly it's been the best thing i've done Ah, good mate and i I love it when people take the advice it's my advice always isn't that good but uh, sometimes it is now Awesome work. Um, for those who haven't uh, obviously heard much of Matt and myself together, Matt, you were one of my students previously when I was teaching, um, and one that I'm really proud of watching everything you do, mate. It's awesome to see. So I want to talk about your background because there's so many different things in here about um, you used to be quite large, which I know I never used to tease you about, but I used to find it quite amusing because you're quite slim now and you've done really well there. But before we get into all that, mate, let's talk about life growing up before I obviously met you at Cedar. Um, sports, nutrition, lifestyle. What was it like for you, mate? Uh, for me, mate, I had an easy childhood growing up in Airport West of Melbourne, Australia, for all your overseas listeners. So I played cricket and footy for Airport West, and my life revolved around sport, mate. Um, I never really had trouble making friends or being in the popular group, so to speak, through both primary and high school. Um, so I thought that was a sort of advantage of mine, being able to make friendships um, through that. And obviously through sport, being in a community-based environment, you, you make a lot of mates. Basically, it consisted of playing backyard cricket with my brother yep. um, and then mimicking WWE wrestlers. Is that why you put on a lot of size? You actually look like one. <laughs> just wanted to be the big show. <laughs> Um, I remember I was about 8 or 10 years old and I thought it'd be a good idea to jump off the top of my couch onto a beanbag, trying to obviously mimic the WWE wrestlers, and I landed knee first onto the carpet and, mate, that was the last thing in my WWE (laughs) career, I'll tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I never really got into the Xbox or PlayStation thing growing up. I was always outdoors playing sport. Cool, cool. I like that. Now, obviously, uh, since I met you, I know you were quite large growing up as a kid, mainly your sort of teenage years. Um, how how did you go from you could probably tell a little bit more but you were over 100 kilos quite young weren't you yeah definitely so I was 100 kilos at 12 so obviously just starting high school it's not the right foot to be on that's for sure but my nutrition as a kid really consisted of pizzas, pastas, schnitzels, cakes, everything that a European background does. And I would... Oh, you can't play that on a European background. <laughs> That's <pretty good. laughs> and, and a lot of soft drink, of course, which is a silent killer. I was always known as a kid who could eat a house and I often got bullied through primary and high school. But I must admit, I was a bit of a smart ass myself, so I'd always give it back 10 times as hard. Yep. So I never really got, it, got affected by that. So just to paint the picture for you guys, my day of eating would look like this through both primary and the beginning of high school. So I'd have a huge bowl of cereal with Fruit Loops or Neutral Grain before school. Good nutrition. Yeah. Not much sugar in that. Great start, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'd go past the milk bar on the way to school and buy a Big M or an iced coffee and chug that down just before school, so about an hour after breakfast. So probably 50 or 60 grams of sugar. Yeah, off Beautiful. to a great start already. Yep. Uh, then recess, I'd have a lamington and two pieces of fruit, and then I'd often scab money off my dad to buy two cheese toasted sandwiches at the school canteen. <laughs> I was completely addicted to them, mate. Um, lunch would be leftovers from the night before. More often than not, it was pasta or a pizza. Um, if not, I'd have a tuna sandwich with fruit on the side. And in summer, go to the canteen again and get like a sunny boy or an ice cream. Um, after school, I'd go past the milk bar again. I was his best friend, obviously. <laughs> Number one customer. <laughs> you the only reason to support our family. Yeah, definitely. And I'd get a whole bag of lollies, plus a, a bag of chips, and walk home smashing them. So I, w- I was still getting active, but obviously the calories going in were far greater than what I was putting out. 
Then I'd get home and make a glass of Milo with about five heaped tablespoons <laughs> with a tiny little bit of milk and some cookies to dunk it in. And then have dinner not long after that, which was often pasta, pizza, or takeaway uh, fish and chips. I used to get quite a quite a bit during the week, so I, I love that. Um, yeah, and then I guess that sort of was the breeding ground for obviously weight gain and then putting my sport on the back burner as well. So I didn't didn't really put a put a good emphasis on my nutrition and didn't understand what what it meant to to eat well. Yeah, and I know that uh, I used to joke with you about that, but that's because. Um, when I met you, when you started the seat, I think you were 16 or 17, um, you were slim, you were eating well, you were listening to advice, you wanted you wanted to better yourself, you wanted to improve. So let's talk about your weight loss journey. Now, obviously, um, that is an extreme diet, mate. How did you go from being addicted to sugar? Like, there's no doubt about that. That's, in, that's an insane amount of calories you're putting in each day. How did you turn that around? Um, well... As I mentioned before, I was always into into sports and cricket was my main passion and it started to get pretty serious. I was going well through under 10s and, and under 12s and, and I started to put some scores on the board as a batsman and I wanted, I'd entertain the idea of playing professionally and I knew at, to do that I had to lose weight and all, also at the age of 12 you start going to parties and you're meeting girls and I was always getting friends owned by girls and making an absolute fool of myself, <laughs> declaring that I liked them. Um, and always copying the, I like you as a friend back. So I knew something had to change, mate. Um, I tried and failed for about two years at the age of 12, trying to lose weight and lasting about a day, basically because I was just uneducated on how to do it. Only a kid, it doesn't matter, which is okay in some aspects, but from the extreme diet that I was having, it just wasn't, wasn't okay. And then after not making the under 15 Victorian team for cricket, I thought enough was enough. So... I knew I had to make a change and I asked my cricket coach from my local club what should I do about my weight like I, I want to lose weight I want to be able to, to bat long periods of time and play higher grades and he simply told me just have a tuna salad every day for lunch and cut out the soft drink so na- naturally cutting out a lot of calories from there while I was still being active worked so I lost about four kilos in the first week which is the beauty of when you first start off you, you see, see results straight away yeah, which definitely. is quite quite comforting as well um and then I kept that up for a good three to four weeks and lost 10 kilos in that. So I was pretty wrapped. I started to look a bit more pleasing to the eye and, and felt a lot better in the process. <laughs> um, yeah, so after that, I sort of was keeping up the same things. And we call, I hit what we call in the industry as a plateau, which is where you have a halt after a period of progression. And yeah, like I said, training was never a problem, but it was the food I was eating that was, was getting me in the wrong habits. Um, funny enough for this story, I remember my first girlfriend back in year eight was actually my partner Beck now, and she got in at a good time, beginning of my weight loss journey. She must have seen me as an investment. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't know this is good. All, all jokes going. aside, mate, we dated for a little bit, and then we went out separate ways, and then I started to get some more female attention, so I wanted to lose more weight, and obviously being a teenager, that's, you know go to school you go to parties you play sport that's that's what you do and um my cricket was getting better also so I wanted to wanted to do some more and at about 16 I made a serious effort to lose some more weight and kilos which was still quite big for a teenager but coming from where I was I knew that that that's a goal I wanted to be instead of making minor changes to my nutrition and becoming more active like taking a further step to what I did before I took the route that thousands of people do and that's down fat dieting and I know that a lot of people get soaked get caught in this loophole and and can't find a way out so a fad diet is something that prom- promises fast results with a restrictive and unsustainable approach 
Um, and these diets are targeted at people who want to lose weight quickly, which was which was me in that process. And I'm sorry to burst everyone's bubble, but they don't work. <laughs> they definitely don't. You'll find out why in a second. The marketing gurus behind these fad diets are so intelligent and they know exactly what's going to convert people to, to just try it out. So my journey involved every fad diet under the sun, from meal replacement shakes to fat-burning pills, everything in between, high-carb diets, low-carb diets, no fat, no sugar, you name it, I tried it. And the only thing that trying these things out did to me was make an already unhealthy relationship with food even worse. And it's evident that the fad diet companies are all out for one thing, and that's money. So after going through all that, I went back to my original plan of making subtle changes to my nutrition and moving a bit more and more each day, which is basic. I joined a gym in the process and followed exercises I saw other people people doing, and the weight started falling off. That's the short version anyway. There was a lot of failed attempts, a shit ton of nights binge eating and feeling sorry for myself, a whole lot of guilted training sessions. I used exercise as a punishment for what I ate rather than a celebration of what my body could achieve, and I kept getting back on the horse and over the course of 12 months I lost an extra 11 kilos to get down to 79 which was which was awesome and knowing that from where I came from and and the fad diets and the damage that they did to me it was it was quite pleasing to see I remember through high school and you'd know this Dale the hardest part for me was watching all my mates eat crap every day for Mm. lunch and and all I wanted to do was was have a bit of chocolate or a milkshake with them at lunch but nah I'd stick to my chicken brown rice and broccoli and (laughs) I really had tunnel vision for my goals it was like we ate the same, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and again, mate, you were a help for me through my nutrition and training. We'll go into that a little bit later on and how you've helped me through everything, mate. So I really appreciate it. Again, I got addicted to health and fitness and it started out harmless, but it quickly turned toxic, I felt. I strive for that body that you see in magazines, which is like chiseled abs, everyone knows that. And to be honest, I didn't feel comfortable taking my top off in front of people at the, at the pools or the beach. So I really wanted to get down to... To cut more body fat. Yeah. And then people would always say to me, this was after my weight loss journey, you've done so amazing, you should be proud. And I responded, but yeah, I know I've done amazing, but people that see you for the first time don't know your backstory and they don't know what what you've been. They just see what you are in the moment. And yeah. But before you go on there though, but it's even though people don't know you or anything, it's really important to celebrate the wins. Definitely. And I've learned the hard way from that. So do you now appreciate that? And when someone says that to you, do you... You don't brush it off and make an excuse out. You, you say thank you. 100%. And I think I learned that through diving down these fad diet processes and, and really trying to find, like what you mentioned in your last podcast that we recorded, mate, that you can't get happiness from something that's physically there. You, yeah. need, to, you need to find it within yourself. And I think I learned how to do that from going, going down these roads, these routes, sorry. Um, after that, I got into the conversation with a guy at the gym about calorie counting. So calorie counting is knowing exactly how many calories you're putting into your body. Um, and I must admit that did work for me for a short period of time. I, was, I wasn't restricting foods. And in fact, I was precisely eating my daily allowance, which was, which was good. And I did lose that bit of body, body fat that I set out to, to lose. But at what expense? Is, um, is what I didn't see at the time. This became completely obsessive and extremely stressful when eating out and eating a meal that other people had prepared for me. I became so fixated on hitting 2,300 calories per day and the stress I went through if I went over or was under the calories was just far greater than the outcome, mate, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, going out to dinner was an absolute nightmare. I would go through the menu and look at look what, what I'm going to have and then count the calories and it was just breeding ground for all sorts of stress to be honest and then I'd allow myself one cheap 
day per week and I consume as much as I possibly could. And I know a lot of people do that. And I had to remove myself from the gym environment because this is what they all talk about. They all talk about being so strict Monday to Friday, then eating as much as you can on a Saturday and then going back to, to what you're doing Monday to Friday. Just It's no balance for me. So I'd sit at the freezer eating ice cream out of the tub on a Saturday <laughs> night. But that, that might work for some people, and that's great. But as we talk about, and I talk to you, there's not one plan for everybody. Definitely. Everyone has different shoes, different size shirts. Everybody's different. Yep. And it comes with diet as well. I agree. I definitely agree. And, and I did learn these things going through, going through what I had. And then I'd have... Cookies for breakfast, chips for lunch, burgers for dinner. So my whole diet was just thrown out the window through that Saturday night. Alongside counting calories, I was thrashing myself in the gym, trying to get to two sessions per day, six, sometimes seven days a week. So completely burning my body out. And I quickly found out that it was so unsustainable. Uh, Just touching on the point that you said before, Dale, I think calorie counting does serve a purpose for some people. Initially, when you're trying to understand how many calories are in certain foods, but I was so focused on counting calories and not counting nutrients that I got so caught up in, you know, the wrong habits, which yeah. I now understand. But back then, I, I didn't understand, mate, yeah. to be honest. And I guess the turning point for me was, well, me and Beck got back together at this time. Um, I think fate brought us back together. But anyway, I commend her for everything that she had to put up through those two years of counting calories. Anyway, I was cooking cooking lunch for the next day and I was weighing out my cucumber and, and carrots and like weighing cucumber, it's <laughs> 95% water. <laughs> like it was, this is what I mean though, it was completely unsustainable yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and inside my head it was just, it was horrible. And I, I snapped it back for taking a piece of cucumber that I, that I weighed already and it was just on from there and, and Beck's like to me you're weighing something that has less than 10 calories in it like come on this is this is where you need to change and and I took a good hard look at myself and then I guess the cafe that I was working for part-time uh, turned 100% plant-based which was meant to happen I feel like that everything fell into place for me at that time and one door closed and another door opened so the owners of the cafe were very passionate vegans themselves and they took the plunge and now they're one of the most prominent plant-based cafes in the whole of Melbourne and that's called Particle uh, Cafe in Avondale Heights if you haven't been definitely check so you, it out guys for, for people listening you were you weren't always plant-based were you no no and I know that's what obviously called you the guru now and I want to learn a little bit about it because I know there's so much more plant-based going on and I still love meat and I'm I don't think I'll ever change, but it's not saying that I don't have to always eat meat. You know, I can try different things. And I think that's the beauty of this. So I want to learn a little bit from you. We've got your backstory now. So obviously being at the cafe, that they've changed it all and they're very passionate about that's infectious, isn't it? It rubs off on you. So did you have it in your mind that I want to go plant-based, I want to change what I'm doing? Or it was probably the people that surrounded you that you looked up to, that you saw the benefits of it? Is that where it sort of come from? Absolutely had no idea what plant-based eating was, what vegan eating was was but obviously being surrounded by by people that were so passionate about it it rubbed off on me and and I thought I'd give it a try and then anyway I tried it for three months or so and and wasn't doing doing it the right way I was living off processed food so I was actually doing worse things for my health than what I was eating before yeah and then I stopped doing that for a little bit and long story short I did my own education and and went back on the horse and started eliminating foods one by one instead of going gung-ho all the time and and that works for some people but um and some people can go overnight and i commend people to do that but i think for a long-term sustainable sustainable results process of elimination works yeah and i know that the people talk about that a lot as well with um figuring out things that don't work in their own body um and cutting it out slowly not just eliminating everything um because then it's such a shock to your body as well and i suppose going from eating meat to no meat um 
What did you find the biggest sort of changes were? The biggest change for me was I was always, as I mentioned before, my diet was chicken, brown rice and broccoli lunch and dinner. So very, very regimented on that. And I guess just replacing that big amount of protein was was the hardest part for me. So initially I just cut out the the chicken and kept the brown rice and the broccoli and just replaced it with beans or some tofu. So I was still getting that that protein in, but I found it was quite bland because I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know what I was doing. And and then I would often still get caught up in my calorie counting ways and, oh, no. and not eat enough for yep. what I was doing. And as you know, vegetables contain far less calories than what a piece of meat does. So I was not getting enough calories throughout the day. So that's when I got sick and that's what made me go back into eating meat. Cool. Again. So, so what do you eat now? So let's talk about it because obviously um, tofu for me, I don't. I think it's like chewing a bike tire. And that's <laughs> nothing against people like tofu. Like that's fine. I'm all for you having it. it. But I do not enjoy it. Um, and beans, there's only so many you can they do things coming out of the other It's like I'm singing 24-7. So what else do you eat? Talk us through now your diet or things that um, plant-based that have really worked for you. So initially I thought that plant-based eating was so restrictive and like you can only have little things and, and whatnot. But I started doing research and Instagram was my best friend here. I found out that you can create wholesome, delicious meals just with ingredients I was using every day so for breakfast I usually have like a homemade muesli which is the recipe is on my Instagram if you guys want to go check that out it's euphoria health um, on Instagram so basically that's oats and nuts and seeds put into the pan and fried up and I have that with some coconut oat yogurt or some soy milk and lots of fruit um, avocado on toast with with greens is my go-to I love it it's so easy to prepare Yum. and and that was the easiest breakfast part for me cutting out the eggs just replacing the eggs with green beans or zucchini it was just super straightforward from there um i'll have about eight to ten pieces of fruit per day and i know a lot of people think that fruit sugar is the same as like processed sugar but completely different fruit has a lot of other vitamins minerals you know you're getting the fiber in there which is so important for obviously eliminating the waste from your body but the other vitamins that you get through is, is great as well um i mentioned before i'd have the brown rice the tofu the veg vegetables um, Buddha bowls are my go-to. So a Buddha bowl is basically anything you got in the pantry just shoved onto a plate, mate. Super straightforward and there's no regime about it. You can add whatever you want. So if I've got a carrot in the fridge, a piece of broccoli, I'll fry that up, put it in there, cook some brown rice, some beans, bang, there's a Buddha bowl. Yep. Easy. And I think a lot of people get caught up in making these delicious chef quality meals all the time but if you just take it a step back and go back to basics then you can definitely make delicious meals and, and without the stress attached to it um, and like I mentioned before I have blueberries every day I still have my pasta but instead of having like the creamy sauces I'll just blitz up some mushrooms add some lentils in there and that becomes like a saucy texture as well a lot of curries and potatoes are almost an essential every day for me yeah nice man I like that now obviously making such a big adjustment to your body um, and what you're putting into it what are, what are the benefits you've seen not only like physical mental your sleep um, from going plant-based uh, to be honest mate my training has improved through the roof and this is not just purely from a plant-based diet it was a combination of things like finding balance as well but my training went from training six days a week and thrashing myself every day to pegging it down to three days and focus focusing on performance and I felt like my output was just so much better and I was making faster results my sleep was an area that I just wasn't nailing in my life. I was too busy, you know, getting my calories on the phone the night, <laughs> at night in bed. And um, so, like, 
adjusting my sleep was was a great one for me and i found that i was having a lot deeper sleep for a longer period of time instead of having a disrupted sleep cool. from my body trying to digest the foods that i was having so how many so that's a deep REM sleep how many hours a night are you getting now i'd have probably eight to ten or eight, wow. minimum eight hours that yeah. is amazing yeah and i reckon I anywhere they reckon six or above you need yeah and i put a lot of emphasis on my sleep i feel like that's such a restorative part of of life in general and it's something that a lot of people just don't put a priority on and i feel like if if you start doing that then everything starts to fall into place i'm a bit more productive in my work day and obviously i'm spending less time on my phone as well so my mental clarity is getting better better through that i love that mate um and yeah i guess just my being able to connect with people and being able to be present in the moment has has helped me as well um through the plant-based diet like i'm be stuck in traffic previously after you know chugging down some eggs on toast and and i get angry at people in traffic and then i feel like i'm a bit more relaxed now when i'm when i'm stuck in traffic just from changing my diet all the chemical reactions i don't have the journal articles on me at the moment to to back that up but yeah there's definitely personal benefits for me through that it's good mate i think that's what uh you can read journals you can read articles there's evidence for everything out there that somebody's created but i think personal experience and actually talking about what you've done is really cool and I love that. Now, there was something that I didn't know if I'd be able to talk about this today because it's a bit personal. So obviously being at a 12-year-old raising the bat over 100 kegs, you know, that's not normal, all right? But then to see what you've done, that's not normal either, you know, and go the other way. So I know personally you had a lot of excess skin. Do you want to, I know it's a bit personal, mate, but do you want to talk about this? Because um, I know it always played on your mind a lot and we used to speak about it a bit. Um, How... What, what have you done there? Because I know you've gone and got a procedure, but um, yeah, do you want to talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, for sure, mate. So as you guys can imagine, if you blow up a balloon for so long and then you slowly deflate that air about it, the balloon's still going to be stretched. The same thing happens with the human body. I was so big for so long, carrying all that weight, that when I did decide to lose the weight, the skin just was all loose and there was nothing really there. The elasticity was gone. And I was getting pretty toned around my chest and sort of the upper half of my abs, but the bottom half of my abs just, you know, wasn't, I wasn't getting the results that I wanted because of the loose skin. And I thought it was, was fat, so I trained a lot harder and ate a lot less. And, and anyway, long story short, I went to the GP and, and got it checked out and he confirmed that it was loose skin from the weight loss. So I guess that was a, a positive thing for me, knowing how far I've come, but it also felt like an unfinished job, mate. And I know a lot of people were telling me that, oh, you know, you don't need to get this surgery done because you look amazing. But at the end of the day, I, I didn't feel comfortable myself. Yeah. And that's another lesson I learned from before that, I wanted to be happy within myself before chasing, you know, materialistic things that I could have bought with that money. So the surgery is a tummy tuck procedure. Basically, they cut, make an incision from hip bone to hip bone, and then they pull down the excess skin, chop and sew together. So they remove all the skin from you. And obviously, the once the swelling goes down, the um, the tummy's a little bit flatter there. And I, I looked in further into into doing that, and I pondered over it a little bit, and. The thing that was steering me away was the price tag. It was about $12,000, which is quite expensive. And being in cosmetic surgery, private health insurance didn't cover it. And uh, a lot of people, that's when a lot of people were telling me, you know, you don't need to do it. It's a lot of money. You can get a house deposit. You can get this. But I just, you know, I didn't really feel comfortable doing that. And I, I really wanted to finish the process. So... I worked really hard. I was doing 60 plus hours a week, working three jobs. Um, in the meantime, I started up my own business doing PTs morning, then going to work at Lululemon, the active wear store during the day, and then going back to PT at night. So I, I was working really, really hard, and I was so proud that I was able to save up that 
in half a year. I was really disciplined in, in getting the procedure done. And even the clinic was so impressed with my savings plan being so young. They, they um, sent me an email congratulating me, which was quite fulfilling as well. And anyway, I got, got the surgery done almost a year now, mate, and I think it's changed my life forever. I can now look at myself in the mirror and see the results that I've worked hard for. And I feel confident in going to the beach and taking off my top and, you know, knowing that people aren't going to judge me for the weight loss I've had or what I was looking like before, but, but for what I am now, which I'm super proud of, mate. And I guess in the meantime, I was still doing my plant-based eating and my recovery time was meant to be um, three months longer than what it actually was. And the surgeon expected that. And my diet was focused on foods that had healing properties in them and was, of course, plant-based. I was able to walk six days after my procedure and the surgeon told me I'd be bedridden for 14 days. So I really focused on food was medicine and tried to tried to nail my nutrition to help my recovery. Perfect, mate. And I think a lot of things you just mentioned there that um, people always have perceptions, people always have their own opinion, but deep down, if you want something bad enough um, and you work hard enough for it, I think you deserve it. So that's a great story. There's so many different takeaways I love from that. And through all that, obviously, quick recovery time, you're back into it. And do you want to talk a little bit about, obviously, Euphoria, um, how it started? I know you've got your podcast now. You've been running personal training boot camps for a while. Um, you're only 21 years old, mate. I, at 21, I didn't know if it was Arthur or Martha. I didn't know what <laughs> I was doing for my life, all right? So um, to see all the amazing work you're doing, it just blows my mind. So let's talk a little bit about Euphoria. Yeah, Euphoria is the personal training business that I started in the western suburbs of Melbourne. And throughout my weight loss journey, I was offered the opportunity to complete my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness through CEDA. And obviously, being in conversation with Dale, I was passionate about what you were doing, man. You were a huge mentor for me through this through this uh, period of my life. So I'm like, all right, I want to get my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness and then do boot camps like Dale. So I... I went through that process, got the qualification, and then um, throughout the qualification, you have to complete a placement. And then I went through to you, Dale, and you helped me through through my placement as well. And I can't thank you enough for everything that you, you've done for me. You've changed my life. You're a text message away, and I'm so glad we've become good mates, mate. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, and you always push me to get the best out of myself, which is evident. I started up the boot camps only having one or two people show up for the first year, which was quite disheartening coming down to your class and seeing 20 plus. <laughs> I'm like, man, I want, I want 20 people there. The energy that you get from it was just contagious. And, and I worked really hard, and I'd occasionally get five or six, but never really consistently. But I knew the numbers would come um, as I started creating a name for myself. And I guess luckily for me, money wasn't the priority. So I really wanted to help people. Coming from the background I did, I felt like I could connect with a lot more lot more people. And I wish I had a mentor through my weight loss journey. So I strive to be that person for everyone else. And someone that can pull you up when you're about to go down that quick and easy route of fad diets. Because I know how destructive it can be. And I guess my mission at Euphoria, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a bit of a quirky spelling. I sometimes get U4IA, but we know Euphoria means happiness. So my end goal is trying to make people happy at the end of the day. And I want to help transform people's lives. So I coach people to make sustainable lifestyle choices that last a lifetime. And I never promote fad diets, as I mentioned before, because I know how destructive they can be to someone. Um, I don't want to be the quick fix for my clients. I just want to be the only fix. So... I don't really promote any any short-term goals. And I, when people come up to me with weight loss goals, I try and focus on narrowing their focus to being more healthy as opposed to getting getting that goal first. Because I feel like when I started focusing on my health and being healthy from the inside, that's when the physical results came after that. 
Yeah, I think I think that's great advice for anyone, and um, you can obviously see how passionate you are. And one thing I love that you've got this backstory. You've done all these fad diets, so you can relate to a lot of people. Whereas I, I haven't done those fad diets. I can't relate to them. I think they're a bit silly, but that's because I've never been in that situation. So I think that's why people can relate to you, and your business is thriving, mate. You're doing really well. So I've got a couple of questions I just want to ask you now, uh, and I always like this. So. I think mistakes aren't mistakes. I think they're learning their lessons. So over the last three years that you've been building your business, what's the biggest sort of mistake for your business that you've learned from? Tough one, mate. Put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, I guess the biggest mistake for me was trying to rush things too quick and want to get those results really fast. And yeah. and I know coming like doing my placement with you, I wanted those big numbers there. And, and I was sort of letting that get to me instead of focusing on the process and um, if I could go back and do it again, I'd, I'd sort of remove all the stress from my life and just tell myself that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And two years down the track, I'm getting getting more and more people down there and making a positive impact on people's lives. So, hey, great great advice because I think everybody wants that quick fix. Everyone wants the results, the numbers. It doesn't matter what you're doing in life. People want more followers. People want a bigger business. They want more income. They want a bigger house. They want another dog. Everything like that. But um, things take time. So that's great advice, mate. For a 21-year-old, I love that. And um, five years' time, where's Euphoria going to be? Where's Matt Zapala? Going to be hopefully not 100 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never look when I fall myself in the eye. <laughs> um, five years' time, mate. I really want to make a big positive impact with the plant-based journey as well and just encourage people that they don't have to turn vegan they can just still enjoy enjoy plants and and be nourished from that as well so i want to want to open up my own studio with personal training group classes and have like a health food plant-based cafe attached to that with a health food store there as well so people can really be absorbed in the whole in the whole um lifestyle Perfect. That is great, and I can't one. I'll uh, very, very look forward to going and joining in a couple of your classes, mate. Now, um, for people listening, where can we get more of your podcast? Awesome, mate. So I'm on iTunes at the moment. I'm in the process of getting onto Spotify as well. Uh, but on iTunes, it's called the Weekly Dose of Euphoria. So trying to give people that weekly dose of happiness, mate. Perfect. And uh, I will have links for the podcast for your um, Instagram and everything else, your website, so you can go and check out Matt and everything he's doing. If you like this, send him a message and I'm sure he'll help you out. If you've got any questions, you might be along some part of the journey that he has and it doesn't matter how old you are. I'm 33, Matt's 21, but we've gone through different things and what you've actually been able to achieve in your life from being overweight, you know, in your diet to swing that around now and now helping other people. I think it's amazing and people will be able to relate to you. So guys, if you do have any questions, reach out to him because I know he's so generous with his time and um, very relatable and he will help you out. So mate, keep dominating. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with? A little bit of Matt Sapala brilliance. <laughs> Not sure about that. Thanks for all your kind words though, Sidey. You've been been awesome for me, mate. Just one thing I want to want to plug in here as well that we hear a lot of things about balance in people's lives and trying to trying to strive for balance and and I promote balance through everything and it's not just through eating or nutrition and I want to just give people the idea that balance is knowing that you're going to have pizza for dinner but instead of having pasta for lunch you replace that with salad filled with lots of green vegetables jam-packed with fiber that's balance so you're you're not tipping the scale at one end you're keeping that balance so you can still enjoy the things you want to do balance is knowing that you saw from the gym the day before and instead of going back and smashing yourself again go for a 30 minute walk and still get your movement throughout the day and i feel like if i knew this back then 
it would have changed my whole whole outlook on life and, and my whole journey. Yeah, and I think, I know you can always listen to these things, but um, you learn through mistakes or through the lessons you've learned, you've, you've adapted those. Um, so yeah, guys, if you are like that and you're not getting the results or anything like that, hit Matt up. Um, he'll be more than happy to help you out because uh, that's what he does. He gives back. He's a legend. So thanks, buddy. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you.